One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Statman Day Football Podcast. This is episode two. If you haven't checked out episode one, make sure you jump over to ACAST to listen to it or YouTube to watch it, where I discuss three talking points looking at Manchester United's return to attacking football, a little bit of Juventus, and then finish off with a race for the top four in the Premier League. So make sure you jump over to there before you listen to this bit of beauty. But anyway, today we're going to talk some news, then we're going to move on to a little bit of Manchester United signing Antoine Griezmann in the summer, and we're going to finish off with some Champions League previews. But anyway, let's get this party started. So first up, let's talk the Premier League action from last night. Manchester City beating Bournemouth two goals to nil. Raheem Sterling was key to the performance, scored the first goal and put the cross into the box for the second goal, which uh, Tyrone Mings turned into his own goal. Some other interesting moments in the game, there was a controversy with a disallowed goal from Joshua King, but in fact he had pulled back the Manchester City defender in the build-up. Ryan Fraser was pretty pumped though after the goal and... uh, even though it was chalked off for offside and Joshua King was walking back out of nowhere, Fraser pops up and starts celebrating with him. What a absolute muppet. Over into China, uh, Guangzhou Evergrande owner, uh, let's just butcher his name right now, Su Ling has said that he wants an all-Chinese team in 2020. That's pretty soon, considering that's, what, three years away and they've only just put some big cash into the youth academy. But anyway... It's going to be interesting for Chinese football. I can't wait for that to explode and really become a competitive force on the world stage. Anyway, moving on to some other news. Gary Neville went on Arsenal Fan TV yesterday. I can't believe it, Gary. You know, you've got an opportunity to jump on the Statman Dave football podcast. Maybe episode three. Give me a call. But anyway, finishing up with Dave being a Muppet this morning. So I broke my cafetiere um, to make my coffee a few days ago. And um, the girlfriend chucked it in the bin yesterday. And I had a bright idea of instead of using the cafetiere as a cup, using an empty gherkin um, piece of container. And I put the coffee in this morning, put the hot water in and boom, it started to crack. You know, if you have a broken glass with boiling water, you hear the crack and you have about five seconds until it explodes. And that was the moment where I knew that I'd messed up. Ran over to grab a pan and it was all a mess. There was coffee absolutely everywhere. But anyway, moving on to more exciting things. The Champions League has returned. Everyone is ecstatic. I am absolutely pumped. So let's just listen to a little bit of Champions League music to get us in the mood. Anyway, enough of that messing around. Let's get to the first topic of conversation, and that is Antoine Griezmann to Manchester United. 
There's been reports um, since the January transfer window has finished that Antoine Griezmann is Manchester United's number one target in the summer. And Edward Wood has got to get on that plane to Spain to go to Atletico and sign the deal. The reported fee um, is around £85.5 million. Your million pounds, sorry, that is his release clause, release clause at about 100 million euros. The fee for his wages is reported to be about 300,000 pounds per week. But first up, why do Manchester United want a player of Antoine Griezmann's quality? Well, if we look at the stats this season, Manchester United's goals have been pretty much coming from one man in the Premier League, and that, that is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He's scored 39% of United's goals, and for a team that's competing um, for the top four and for, for the Premier League title, goals need to come from uh, other areas in the team. If we're looking at the players that have scored over 10 goals in the Premier League this season, only Lukaku and Jermaine Defoe have been directly involved in a higher percentage of goals for their respective teams. So potentially for United, they need some more goals. And if you're looking at elite forwards in world football, you can't look further than obviously Antoine Griezmann. He obviously won the, came third in the Ballon d'Or this season behind the only, behind only two players, obviously Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. But he's really taken his game to the next level um, over the last few seasons. You think about the European Championships, his contribution to that French team was absolutely incredible. Six goals and two assists, and you know, if France had really turned up for that final, they should have won it because Griezmann really carried them in the knockout stages. The game against Iceland, he was fantastic. When finally Didier Deschamps thought, "Oh no, wait a minute, let's actually move to a four-two-three-one instead of the four-three-three that had been playing for the whole tournament and putting Griezmann out wide," when you know Griezmann's played all of his best football as a sort of second striker in behind another striker, sort of as a new age number ten. But anyway, going back to what he would bring to Manchester United, of course. It is goals. His goal record has been absolutely incredible in the last uh, three seasons since joining Atletico Madrid. In La Liga, he scored 53 goals from just in just 96 games. So that's about one goal every two games. But in terms of Griezmann, what he is is an elite finisher, and the stats really show that. In La Liga, in that period, only Carlos Baca and Luis Suarez have got a better chance conversion than the Frenchman. The Frenchman's converted 24% of his shots. Uh, in La Liga in that time period and that is really at an elite level you look at elite level from about 15% chance conversion up to 30% and then Edison Cavani this season's about 32% seems to just be scoring everything that's coming his way but at 24% Antoine Griezmann is in that real elite bracket and that's what he'll bring to Manchester United is massively goals but also assists over the past three seasons 10 assists which is a de decent contribution in terms of why Mourinho would go for him, why Mourinho was linked for him uh, with Antoine Griezmann at Chelsea, it's because he plays, he can play, uh, you know, a functional team, tactical orientated role. In terms of tackles in La Liga over the last three seasons, again, Antoine Griezmann leads forwards with 113 tackles um, over the three seasons, and that's why uh, Mourinho is looking at someone like Antoine Griezmann, who's elite finisher, but also puts a shift in. And it's quite interesting that Mourinho at Chelsea did bring players in from Atletico because obviously Simeone like his players to be aggressive, likes his players to put a shift in and tactically they need to be very, very aware. You think about Diego Costa's impact at Chelsea, you know, going on to be the top scorer in the Premier League and pretty much uh, carrying Chelsea to that title, obviously with some, a bit of help from Eden Hazard and looks like he's going to do that this season as well. And then players like Filippo Luiz, aggressive fullbacks that can get forward that really suit uh, Jose Mourinho in their style. And I feel like United will be going over to Atleti in the next few seasons with Mourinho as manager and poaching all their top stars because it's got the, they've got the perfect sort of work rate, aggression and determination that um, Simeone likes in his players. You think of any of those stars 
Chelsea new players like Gabri that has been there for absolute seasons Koke, Sol um, any of the centre-backs Godin was linked with Chelsea for season after season after season and United have been, with, been linked with Jose Jimenez another brilliant young defender who will be at the top level you know there was question marks last season in the Champions League against um, Bayern Munich in the, the semi-final where he had a, didn't have the greatest of games but he did return um, and he has been good this season Obviously been injured for a, a bit. But anyway, going back to Mourinho and why he likes to sign those athletic players, it is that work rate and that determination, defensive awareness, which Antoine Griezmann has. But also, more importantly, I think for United, it is the goals and the creativity. And the link-up with Zlatan Ibrahimovic in, um, in next season could be absolutely fantastic. You think of Antoine Griezmann, uh, he's played some of his best football behind a target man or a, a, you know, a larger player that can bring the ball down and, and sort of bring the band of three attackers or the two wide players into play. You think of Olivier Giroud for France. Really click with Anton Griezmann when they're playing together as a two uh, in the 4-2-3-1 system. Um, there was some really nice interplay. There was a brilliant goal that he scored against Iceland that was pulled Pogba deep in midfield, fired a ball into Giroud's feet. Uh, Griezmann took a little pass off him. I think they played a 1-2 and then just played Griezmann through and he chipped the keeper. And that's what could happen at United was Lassane Irovich. Lassane Irovich this season, some of the best stuff he's done is his creativity and his ability to bring other players in. I've spoke about how he's uh, sort of a hybrid player for United. He's played a number of roles. He's played as sort of a poacher. He's played as a target man. He's played as a false nine. And it's sort of that false nine movement that could be really good for Antoine Griezmann. Um, we've seen as well in recent weeks when United have switched this 4-2-3-1, Zlatan has been creating more chances. I think there's been four times this season in the Premier League where Zlatan has created four chances or more. And for a forward, that is absolutely incredible. And again, against uh, Leicester City, it was four. And then against um, Watford in the Premier League this weekend, it was six. And what tactically what's changed with Zlatan instead of playing the 4-3-3 is when they play the 4-2-3-1 Manchester United he has support near him he has Henrik Mkhitaryan closer to him so he can um, drop a bit deeper Mkhitaryan will stretch uh, the opposition the other way and open up space for Zlatan to get turned and play passes you know, in that midfield zone where he can use his strength, he can use his technical ability. And I feel like great, uh, with Griezmann, that would work perfectly um, with, you know, going ahead of Zlatan and linking up with Zlatan. We saw the assist for Anthony Martial, uh, you know, one-touch beautiful bit of play with Martial running ahead of Zlatan. That can happen with Antoine Griezmann. And that's why it works so well, not just because of the creativity of Zlatan, but also his hold-up play. He can play as a target man. So flick-ons was a big thing that Antoine Griezmann scored a lot of goals for when he was playing with Mario Mandzukic, when he sort of came alive as a forward the first season he was over at Atleti. Um, Atleti would play quite a direct style of football that season and they go long to, to Mandzukic a lot and there was a lot of opportunities that were created or were scored, let's say, from um, long balls out the back, a little flick-on from Mandzukic and then Griezmann picking up a really interesting uh, sort of space in at number 10, but driving through and f very difficult for defenders to pick up a player that's at pace. You go back to traditional, um, a traditional 4-4-2 with a target man and a poacher. Easier to deal with those two players if you're defending with two centre-halves because easily you pick one up. You know, one takes the target man, one takes the poacher. The more aggressive, physical, Nemanja Vidic type player will take up the, the target man and you're rear-third and you're quicker um, uh, defender that probably can read the game a little bit better in a, in a sweeping sense, will pick up the quick player. And that kind of doesn't work when you play someone like Anton Griezmann because he starts at such a deeper position and accelerates onto the ball. So by the time that Rio Ferdinand does pick him up, or by the time that the quick player does pick him up, Anton Griezmann is absolutely flying. He's one of the quickest forwards in world football. And that's what Zlatan could do if he's played as a little bit like a target man. United go long out the back, Griezmann running off him. We've seen a few games this season where United have defended really deep. You think the uh, Liverpool game where Paul Pogba did quite well to link with um, Zlatan on a, in a counter-attacking sense, but 
Griezmann would take this to the next level in terms of being direct out the back sitting deep the wide players dropping back and being auxiliary fullbacks absolutely fine when you've got someone like Zlatan and Griezmann to play long balls to and those who can just counter attack with the pace of uh, Mkhitaryan in the transition and Anthony Martial that hopefully will flank um, the Frenchman it's going to be perfect for United in a in a tactical sense but moving on just to other little topics with Antoine Griezmann of course let's talk about the tactical setup so Man United in recent weeks have moved to the 4-2-3-1 on the field this is going to stay I feel like you know you've got two players now that are comfortable playing central midfield and have a good relationship together because they play quite a lot of football now with uh, Ander Herrera and Paul Pogba. Both of know their roles within the side in this system. Ander Herrera is the, the ball winner keeps it simple gets the ball to the attackers Paul Pogba a little bit more extravagant will get into the penalty area will play balls over the top for the strikers and again that's something that Antoine Griezmann could really really enjoy so the tactical setup United the 4-2-3-1 obviously just mentioned the two holding midfielders and then the band of three behind Zlatan for next season uh, could potentially be Mkhitaryan on the right hand side uh, Griezmann through the middle and then of course Anthony Martial on that left hand side you know, that real French connection in the left side of the pitch with uh, obviously Pogba Griezmann and Anthony Martial CL could look really, really good and there could be some real fluid movement there. But in terms of how that would work with Mkhitaryan, I like Mkhitaryan on the right-hand side. I feel his link-up play with Antonio Valencia when they've played together on that right-hand side has been fantastic. One of the games I went to this season, uh, West Ham in the League Cup, uh, those two were absolutely fantastic on, on the, the right wing and were creating chances. Um, I think I think all the goals were created down that side. Or th- no, sorry, three of the four goals were created down that right wing with Griezmann link- sorry, with uh, Mkhitaryan linking with um, Valencia on that right wing and, and combining and getting the, getting the assists overlapping cutting in and, and so forth just creating space for each other so that could be a good little building partnership coming there which would supply goals to Anton Griezmann and of course the main man Ibrahimovic maybe looking down the line in the future we could see Anthony Martial moved as the number 9 um, and potentially one matter back into the team you know becoming a veteran uh, attacking midfield he already is a veteran but maybe at the age of like 31 30 he'll be then so maybe him on the right hand side um, Griezmann through the middle and Mkhitaryan on the left hand side behind Anthony Martial that could be quite nice what I liked about Anthony Martial when he played as a striker for LVG was his ability to drift wide and, and take long balls and open up that space for one matter in the middle it was quite nice United were actually playing a 4-2-3-1 as well then with Wayne Rooney through the middle Memphis on the left-hand side, Matter on the right, and then uh, Martial as the forward. And what Martial was doing was pulling um, centre-backs out, and then Juan Mata would vacate that space. And we know Juan Mata loves to go undetected through the middle, and it worked quite well. So I'd quite like to see that as a combination, uh, you know, when Zlatan potentially retires after next season. But anyway, guys, I'm massively for the Antoine Griezmann move to Manchester United. I feel it'll give United pace, give United's midfield some goals, and it'll just be an all-round threat on the counter-attack. In terms of what Griezmann said in the last few weeks, reportedly uh, coming out of the Metro, so we all know that could be a load of rubbish, but he said Champions League football for Manchester United season is no longer an issue for him. He just wants to link up with his pal Paul Pogba and, of course, take the £300,000 per week. In the comments below, do you think Anthony Griezmann would be a perfect signing for Manchester United? And which attacking midfielders would you pair him with? I've gone with Henrik Mkhitaryan um, and of course Anthony Martial. Do you think there could be other players in there? Juan Mata with his ability to play a through pass and, and, and create or you know any other signings you think United should get in the summer. But anyway, I think with the talk of the Champions League, um, there's only one section we can move on to now and that is of course it's the Champions League. I am super, super, super pumped the Champions League for me is the best competition in the world. I rank it above the World Cup, the Euros, the uh, Premier League, the Bundesliga, the Serie A. 
uh, the Romanian fourth division, which is a favourite of mine. But the Champions League is the pinnacle of world football for me. It's the level where you get to see the best football. Every single season, there are stories that come out from the tournament. The winners, obviously, the, the finalists, the hipster team that uh, explodes. And talking of hipster teams, first up, we're going to talk about the hipster derby. And that is, of course, Benfica versus Borussia Dortmund. It's going to be a really interesting tactical battle. A traditional 4-4-2 versus a 3-5-2, I think, that Thomas Tufel will go for in this game. But anyway, let's start with Benfica. So this season in the Champions League, they came second behind Napoli. Um, they didn't do too well. They beat Dynamo Kiev twice. They drew with Besiktas twice. They came from, I think they came from two or three goals down to draw 3-3 with Besiktas. That was a massive result. But didn't do very well against Napoli. Napoli this season are a very good side. We're going to be talking about those guys tomorrow in the Champions League preview. So in terms of Benfica, their tactical setup I mentioned to you before, they play a 4-4-2. The game that I caught this season was against Napoli. It was the only game that actually meant something in the sort of last round of fixtures in the Champions League. So that's why I was watching it. I'm not a massive idiot. Um, But it was a good game. Uh, One player that really shone for me was uh, Guardes, the player that's actually moved to PSG. Really, really good at attacking midfield in the first half against Napoli. Created four chances more than any other player on the pitch, which was withdrawn after about 60 minutes. But... Very, very lively, an attacking, you know, attacking talent, very, very good with the ball at his feet, good at driving, good at pressing, and it, it was absolutely perfect from Benfica, but obviously he's moved on, which is a big, big shame from the young lad, because he was actually getting some minutes, and he was looking good. He was closing in on that wonder kid sort of line of a player that could really push on, and now moving to PSG for the money, for me, doesn't make any sense. I like that... Um, you know, teams like Monaco sign players from Portugal and give them game time. That works. But PSG, they've got so many attackers. It's just crazy that Guardes has moved there. He's, for me, just an idiot. But anyway, money, money talks in football, and we know that. As a, as a Manchester United fan, pff, I shouldn't talk about money. But anyway, in terms of their, their tactical setup, so they're probably um, going to go with uh, Jonas uh, off. Uh, Metroglou the ex-Fulham man Jonas is a player I just love I, I've loved really really like him since he's moved to Benfica he's just he's sort of matured like, there are players in world football that score season after season after season but there are also players like target men type strikers that just have that little little peak in their career the likes of you know Luca Toni was another one of my, my favourites but you know Jonas is another guy like that but technically very very gifted can play as a, as a number 10 can play as a number 9 um, his relationship with Metroglou is really really nice and since moving to Benfica his goal scoring record is absolutely Absolutely disgusting. He scored 76 goals in just 97 games. That is absolutely incredible. And he'll give this Borussia Dortmund uh, defence, which has been quite shaky. We'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, pretty shaky this season when they put when pressure's on it. A lot of problems with his movement, with his touch, with his just his finishing is really, really raw. Um, whichever situation he quite likes to, you know, outside the boot to blast it, but a very technically a very, very good finisher. So the two strikers will cause this Dortmund team a lot of problem. And I like the Benfica tactical setup. It's one of the best four four twos in a defensive sense currently in world football. The pressing, the transition back to the the four four two shape is absolutely perfect. And they will be a threat again in the Champions League. I was a big fan of them last season with Renato Sanchez um, and uh, Nico Gaetan. They were brilliant to watch I really like them last year in terms of their transition they're really good counter-attacking units I hope they will impress me again um, this season but uh, in terms of players that run the show for them I'm going to look uh, no further than the central midfielders Fasia uh, the Serbian defensive midfielder very very solid tackle very physical tall athletic defensive midfielder he just holds 
he just mops up in front of the back four, in front, front of Lewis L and uh, Lindelof, um, who's still at the club, uh, obviously was linked with Manchester United heavily in the summer. Um, yeah, so Fazer is in there. He's the guy destroying. He's the guy cleaning up. He's the guy just absolutely obliterating people. You know, Serbian in nature, Serbian tackling. You know, you think of the Manjevic type of tackles where he just blows people up. That is kind of what Fazer does, but also quite decent with the ball at his feet. Keeps it moving quite nicely, but more of a recycler than a playmaker. The playmaker really in this side is Pizzi, uh, a player that's floated around Spanish football, being a Deportivo La Coruña. I think he had a little bit of a spell at Braga in Portugal as well. But at uh, Benfica at this age in his career, he's finally becoming the playmaker and finally becoming the hub of this team. In the Portuguese league, see, this league this season, he's picked up uh, five assists and eight goals, and he's really been a, a driving force in their central midfield. And I was very impressed with him against Napoli. Just kind of took the game by the scruff of the neck. Obviously, Guardes impressed me in an attacking sense for Benfica, but uh, Pizzi was very, very good on the ball, receiving it, switching the play, getting the wide players into play. Who will be a threat. Uh, Salvio, who's been at Benfica for so long right now, I haven't really never got that. We was he? At, I think he was at Atletico for a little bit but never really um, took that arm and became a fixture in the side but what he is is direct very good with the ball at his feet a pacey pacey wide player likes to take his man on so PZ getting the ball out to the wide players Corelio as well who was at uh, Correo, uh, sorry, who was at Sporting Lisbon the season before as well a very dodgy move there from one Lisbon club to the other but obviously uh, managers have done that as well in the last season yeah Correo very direct forward as well um, more like to come on the inside than Salvio going on the outside but yeah Pizzi dictating the play switching it left switching it right but also getting it into the feet of Jonas and Mitroglu but anyway in a tactical setup that is that for Ben Fika oh no wait one last one Lindelof obviously Lindelof sorry at the back uh, heavily linked with Manchester United been impressed by his um, his football this season been good on the ball been good at bringing the ball out he's, he's got a great uh, range of passing really likes a, 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 the, the pass out to the fullback be it Semedo or whoever's playing right fullback for Benfica really likes that sort of bringing the ball out to that right side and playing the ball forward against Napoli though didn't really impress me in a defensive sense Napoli really caused Benfica trouble in the sort of inside right channel so behind Lindelof who was playing left centre back and the, the left fullback the communication wasn't good enough from those two players and Callion kept on getting in behind kept on getting played through balls into that channel and it wasn't good enough from from the Swedish uh, international. He needs to be better at reading the play there if he wants to make a move to a top European side such as Manchester United. But anyway, that is Benfica done. Hipster team one complete. Moving on to the greatest hipster team in the land and that is Borussia Dortmund. Um, they're found having a little bit of trouble in recent weeks. Too much fighting and a little bit of trouble off the pitch. But in terms of what they've been doing on the pitch this season, they've been so inconsistent. But what can you do when you lose the likes of Matt Hummels who's been their best centre half for the last about five seasons you lose someone like Gundogan who's been controlling the tempo when he's fit and obviously Mkhitaryan who 15 assists in the Bundesliga and we're finally seeing what he's doing at Manchester United such a talented player you're going to struggle they bought so many young players they've probably got the best collection of young stars in world football two players that I really really like Guerrero and obviously Usman Dembele but there's obviously a lot of other talent in there that they've bought um, and I think we'll start by talking about Usman Dembele because this season in Champions League it's really been his year um, he's really taken the game to the opponents obviously at Rons last season he was very direct what really, really stood out for me when I saw him uh, the, the, the handful of times the five or six times I saw him watching Liga on a Sunday was his ability to accelerate and decelerate that makes him such a difficult person to play against he's so 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 quick so raw but that sort of change of pace that you only sort of see from the real top players you think in the likes of Lionel Messi who can accelerate and decelerate to cause the you know opposition defender to, to fall over like the Jerome Boateng that's what Usman Dembele has but he also has quality in terms of his finishing he's very very good at finishing and very very direct the assist he got against Leipzig 
Leipzig was absolutely fantastic. And that actually that will move us nicely onto their setup tactically. So I feel that Dortmund will start with a 3-5-2, which will be a great battle against a 4-4-2 with Marco Royce Abemiang up top as the two strikers. And then Usman Dembele will sort of start as a right central midfielder, but expect him on that right wing. They played this system against Leipzig, who set up in a 4-4-2 in the Bundesliga in recent weeks. Leipzig, unfortunately, missing Timo Werner, Feuchberg and uh, Sabitza through um, suspension and flu for the other two players. And unfortunately, they just didn't have anything in an attack. And Dortmund really played well against them in the 3-5-2 with Usman Dembele starting central but pushing out wide. You look at the assist that he scored, that he created, sorry for the Aubameyang goal that won the game against Leipzig. It was a fantastic run from inside his own half, drifting to that right wing and just driving and then getting a great cross into the box for Aubameyang to turn in. And I feel like that's the role he'll play uh, for Dortmund in the first half. And then Tufel will move back to the, the 5-4-1 or the 3-4-3, if you want to call it, that he's um, play, you know that he played at Mainz with that Pentagon press um, with the three three forwards and then the two central midfielders but I expect to start 3-5-2 uh, Weigl sitting in behind we all know how good Weigl is you know the next Sergio Busquets so good at distributing the ball to the left to the right um, and of course the main man Guerrero one of the most technically gifted port, you know young players in world football can play left back left centre back left midfield probably could play up front can play central midfield can play attacking midfield can play defensive midfield what an absolute talent but a 3-5-2 for Borussia Dortmund in terms of their defence they've looked very shaky this season whenever teams have put pressure on them there's been trouble you think of the Real Madrid game Dortmund dominated both of those games but they ended up with two draws Real Madrid had probably about two sniffs at their back four or the back three in each of those games scored twice and that could be an issue with um, Socrates, Bartra and Piszczek being the back three they could get caught out by Benfica on the counter-attack considering the pace that Benfica have got that on the flanks in terms of stats let's just talk about some stats quickly Uzumen Dembele the player that the, my man to watch for this game has been directly involved in a goal every 74 minutes in the Champions League this season only Neymar has created more goals than him Neymar's registered 7 assists Dembele with 5 in terms of take-ons only Neymar's completed more dribbles than the young French international wonder kid absolutely but anyway let's move on Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, today's tea sponsored by the one and only Benfica. Cheers, lads. 
Right, let's move on to some PSG versus Barcelona. Let's go. First up, let's talk about the nouveau rich French side. First up, PSG this this season have been hot and cold. Obviously, Monaco lead league, because uh, uh, they've just scored loads of goals. So many goals that they're over 100. They've already got a century of goals. They're averaging about three a game in Liga, which is incredible. And PSG are just struggling with formation, with tactics. The only star, really, Edison Cavani, has been very good this season. But anyway, t- talking about the, the game, Thiago Silva is in fact out injured. Um, and Kip M. B is going to have to come in. The young Frenchman, who has looked all right. But next to Marquinhos in the PSG uh, system could be uh, a little bit dodgy considering you've got Sergio Herrera on one side and Maxwell on the other. Not the greatest defence to play against MSN. But anyway, PSG this season, I feel that they should move to, this, to a similar formation that uh, Unai Emery played at Sevilla with Eva Benega as his sort of hybrid attacker, whether he plays him at attacking midfield, um, lets him sort of distribute the ball in that area, or plays him deeper and plays, you know, more aggressive player, someone like Rabio there uh, for, obviously, uh, for PSG. Against Arsenal in the four- first half, I thought that Verratti was absolutely brilliant at dictating the play in that final third. But, you know, unfortunately, Cavani missed a hatful of chances and Arsenal got back into the game. But I feel like if you play him there um, against sort of, a, you know, on a little bit of pressing Sergio Busquets, uh, then sort of drifting off him and creating that way, could work out really, really well for PSG. In terms of Barcelona, weaknesses potentially at right back. We've seen Alex Vidal play there, Sergio Roberto there. And no one really locked down a the starting berth. Obviously, Alex Vidal has played in recent weeks, but he's out injured for the clash. So that could be, that could open up a real opportunity for Julian Draxler but which Julian Draxler is going to turn up are we going to see the turn up sorry we're we going to see the one that was at the European Championships that was so good with the ball at his feet that gave Germany that extra dimension in the final third taking players on getting shots away and changed their possession based style to more an attacking based style with his direct dribbling or are we going to get like the hit and miss Schalke Wolfsburg Julian Draxler where one minute it'll be awesome the next minute he just won't care and then he'll leave the club Julian Jackson is a really interesting player. He was one of my favourite players in world football. Uh, in terms of his style, it's like Kaká. I was lucky enough to see him live um, when I was in Berlin a few seasons ago, and he was awesome at taking the ball, at driving in midfield. And it was kind of Kaká-esque in terms of his movement, his ability to go past the man and, and get shots away and create opportunities. Very, very smart player. So maybe that could be a good angle for PSG, going down that left-hand side and creating problems in the Barcelona right-back slot. In terms of Barcelona, we all know what they're going to do. The 4-3-3, MSN, the most lethal front three in world football. I mentioned the Neymar stat before, top assists in the Champions League this season. But Lionel Messi... Sorry about that, Siren. Lionel Messi is an absolute hero when it comes to goals and assists this season in the Champions League. Missed the start of the tournament with an injury. He scored 10 goals and got two assists. He's been directly involved in a goal on average every 38 minutes. That is incredible. Messi will play from the right-hand side. Neymar from the left-hand side. And Suarez through the front. That is a clinical attacking front three. But in terms of defensive uh, responsibilities, this is where they need to do their job. Suarez needs to press the opposition centre-backs. But Neymar is the key component here. He needs to continue to make that band of four. He needs to drop back. Let Rakitic shuttle out to cover Messi's position. And he has to next to Busquets. And of course, Neymar on that left-hand side. They weren't doing that last season in the Champions League and unfortunately that's why I feel that they got knocked out. The, def- 
the wide the wide player Neymar wasn't defending. The season that they won the Champions League, they were so good at transitioning from um, their attacking shape, the four three three, to a four four two with Messi sort of sitting at right um, inside right channel, just waiting for the ball to come back and, and then breaking. So so good on the counter attack. Barcelona since the start of uh, Enrique's reign have scored more goals than any other side on the break, and that was because of that system that they were dropping to that they weren't doing last year. So that's something that Barcelona need to massively do. It's drop back into that shape. In terms of their midfield, it's been quite poor this season. I went to the Celtic versus Barcelona game in the Champions League. Andre um, Gomez played, and I just wasn't impressed with him at all. Too safe on the ball, wasn't playing those defence splitting passes that you're going to get from someone like Iniesta, who's returned from injury and is in this midfield to dictate the play. It used to be Xavi who used to control the tempo. Iniesta was the sort of you know box the not box the box. Sorry, was the creative playmaker in that final third that create things, take players on. Now he's become that playmaker that Xavi was, but it's a little bit further up the pitch, a little bit higher. You think Busquets is the guy controlling it in front of the back four, the number six, the best number six in world football. Rakitic is the number eight, shuttling out to protect Lionel Messi, getting crossed into the box and supporting the fullback. And of course, Iniesta is that playmaker. Really good blend of attacking talent. But for me, I feel like Barcelona will have a little bit too much for Unai Emery's PSG this season. In terms of score predictions for both of the games, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Borussia Dortmund and PSG are going to lose to Barcelona one goal to nil. But anyway, guys, get your score predictions in the comments below and uh, tweet me at SatmanDave on Twitter. And of course, um, you know, if you're checking it out on iCast, jump into the comments there as well. But anyway, guys, that has been episode two of the Statman Dave football podcast. I hope you've enjoyed that. Enjoyed it. Make sure that you like, you subscribe, you follow, you do all the things on the right social channels. And hopefully it'll be on iTunes on the, uh, later on this week so you can listen to it on the move. But again, thanks for watching. You guys have been great. I've been Statman Dave. See you later. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.